Dean's List, hosted by Dean Kitabowski, produced by Davis Piper. We're about to talk to some really interesting people. Get ready. Brian Carl. How we doing, Dean? I'm pretty good, man. How are you? Good. You were sp- I was saying earlier, you are supposed to be our first ever guest, and it didn't happen. Because mm. you're a busy man. Yeah, I've got to come when it's big. Bandwagons, you know you're a super busy guy. You're hard to reach. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And apparently you're camera shy too, because normally you're the most talkative person on the planet. Right now you're just giving me. Ugh. That's uh. all right. <laughs> I'm just warming up. All right, all right. So, so f- you want to start off right off the bat with turning pages, or what do you think? What are you feeling? We could, yeah, we could talk. Let's talk about turning pages. Let's talk about turning pages a little bit. All right. So Brian Carl is part of a fantastic. It's nonprofit mm-hmm. uh, charity. You, you know what? Just give us a rundown. Yeah. So turning you can do pages. Do better than I can. Yeah, turning pages where a nonprofit organization that works to promote literacy and the love of reading um, in underprivileged communities by collecting and redistributing books. So that's a good goal. It's, it's, noble, it's, it's good. a noble goal. And you guys have been going for ten years now. You said. Yeah, we started. My sister founded it in 2012, mm-hmm. um, and then. Like at the time, I would help out by just like lugging books around. It was okay. a big, it was a big. Uh, you were the mule. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I was good at the carrying the boxes, but now that I'm older, I, I can take more of a leadership role. Okay. Because I'm the president. Damn. The co-president. Okay. Who's yeah. the other president? Um, uh, my cousin Caroline. Okay. Okay. And you got you have a bunch of kids from school helping out too, right? Yeah. A bunch of friends. Yeah. We get um, we get different volunteers. We've got a bunch from King. Um, I've got a bunch of friends from like Ridgefield High School that do it. It's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. So what's like, uh, what's the uh, typical day look like for you guys? Like when you're doing a book drive or something like that, what's it usually look like? Where do you set up? Well, so, so if we're doing a book fair, what we'll do is um, first, like we'll wake we'll wake up early because usually they're in the morning, uh, and then we'll go around and. I'll like pick up all my friends from uh, from Ridgefield that are coming, mm-hmm. and then we'll drive down with a car like filled with books. We'll bring like over two thousand books to each book fair, and then uh, we'll get there. We'll get these long tables set up, and then we'll take all the books out, uh, and they're already going to be sorted by like grade level and genre. So then what we'll do is we'll set them up nicely on all the tables and organize them for ourselves. Um, and then, so once we have got, once we got all the books set up and once we're ready to go, kids will usually come in in like waves. Uh, so like different like groups will come in. So we'll have like first and second graders come in and then we'll help them uh, like pick out books. So like we'll talk to them, figure out what they're interested in, what they like reading. Oh, so you, you try to find what's good for them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, um... That's my favorite part. The the free book fairs are definitely my favorite part. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I love I love when we have books that I've read when I was younger. So then, like, I can help pick out books that I've read and I know, like, I totally loved, um, and give them to like excited readers that uh, are also interested in things like that, okay. so that I can find good books for them. What's your favorite book? Oh, I love, I recently read this one, a man called Uva. What's that about? I've never heard of that it's one. It's just, it's about this, uh, it's about this older man, and it just follows, 
his life. Um, he was like sad, but then there was this young family that like moves in and like brings him out of his shell. Mm. It was it's by um, Frederick Bachman. Okay. Do you know that author? No, I don't. Okay, Frederick Bachman is really good. Okay. I love him. Uh, but I also I like uh, Stephen King and Agatha Christie. Do you know them? I know everyone knows Stephen King. Yeah, right. I, I, Agatha Christie. I've heard of too. I've heard yeah. of her too. She's got really good uh, mystery stuff. Are you a mystery guy? I like mysteries. Yeah. I like. Um, and then there were none. Was so good. I read Death on the Nile this yeah. summer. Yeah. Do you, have you read that one? I've read that one. Yeah. I think they're coming out with a movie as well. It already came out. Oh, it did. Came out. Came out six months ago. It was oh. a fine movie. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good murder mystery. You know. It's fun. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I like mysteries too. My favorite book. I've said this on the podcast before. My favorite book is called A Secret History. I haven't read that one. That's a great book. You've got to read that one. It follows a guy um, named Richard. He goes to a college in Virginia or something like that. Mm -hmm. And his tight-knit group of friends and whatever. And there's a murder. And then they're all, like, everyone goes crazy on each other, whatever. Um, it's one of those, like, slow, like, first half of the book, super slow build-up. And the second half of the book, everything goes batshit crazy. Like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's definitely one of my favorite books there too. It's fun. You uh, so you're like telling all these kids you got to read this murder mystery, you got to read this one. Well, is that what it is? A lot of times, uh, use your so like influence to get them to read murder mysteries. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, a lot of times, like the kids, like, are much younger. So mm. like, I'll be pushing like, or I won't be pushing, but like, if a kid seems interested, uh, like I'll tell them about how much I loved to read like the Magic Treehouse books mm. or the Geronimo Stilton books. Yeah. Um, and if they're a little older, like the Cherub books. Do you know those? No, I don't know those ones. Okay, the Cherub books, it's about uh, like a group of kid spies. They're orphans, so then instead of going to an orphanage, they go um, to this like training facility where they're like trained and then they go on missions and it's like, like Black undercover. Widow. <laughs> yeah, it's super. I really loved those. Those are hype. Do you ever read the Boxcar Children? I, see, I never read a lot of those. Did you like those? 10 out of 10 book yeah? series. Yeah, oh, okay. 100%. There, it's, all, it's all mystery. It's all mystery. Oh. Oh, literally. That was my favorite as, like, until I was 10 or 12, probably. I read all of those books. That's fun. Those are my favorites. Uh, like, same, same idea. A couple of kids that are orphans, uh, except rather than going to an orphanage, they go live in a boxcar in the woods. Right, right, right. And um, solve mysteries and all this fun stuff. It's great. I love that, cool. that book series too. Um, so when was the last? When was your first uh, like book drive that you were leading as president? So I became president uh, like this this year, okay. my sophomore year, and um, I led I led drives with the Worcester School, King School. We did one with Sacred Heart. Who did um, you work with at Worcester School, by the way? We. I'm so we worked with uh, what we'll do is like mm. we'll email and we'll reach out to um, like different uh, like people who work at the Worcester School. Okay, okay. So not students, like part well, of the administration. And then so we got in touch with the administration who put us in touch uh, with a kid named Max who ran like the community outreach club at okay. uh, at the Worcester School. Okay. So then um, I would like help Max. Uh, like figure I out. Think I know someone named Max from Worcester. I'd put up her face or name. Oh out. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. uh, he just graduated. Yeah, yeah. I know. I cannot remember his last name though, for the sake of it. Anyway, keep going. Keep going. Okay, but we would help him uh, like 
draft, like emails to send out to the community. Mm. And then we had different um, templates for flyers to put up. Okay. And uh, like I'd text him to coordinate. Um, like he'd let me know how many books are coming in. And then I'd text him to coordinate like when we'll come pick them up, stuff like that. Right. It was w- good. Working with schools can be hard, man. There's yeah. so many technicalities they have to work with. I mean, first off, it's a school. So mm-hmm. it's not like they can work with anybody so um, right did it take much convincing to get like i'm sure king was very happy to do it but other schools that you obviously aren't attending is it harder to get them to agree to it yeah it's it's hard um you just have to be put in touch with the right people Mm. because i think uh like people want to help an organization oh for sure like turning pages um and they're happy to help so as long as you're getting in touch with the right people then then you can really make things happen, which right. is fun. Right. Have you, because um, you know libraries and towns, they have their book sales and all that stuff, where they sell books for like a dollar. Yeah, we will go to um, the the Ridgefield Library does mm-hmm. one, and then we'll go and fill up like bags. What they do is like each bag you fill up for $5. Yeah. Uh, so we'll fill up a bunch of bags, and then that helps us collect some of the books. Only $5. How many books is that they keep? You can fit in a bag. Fit a lot of books in the bag. You fit a lot of books in the bag. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I was gonna like was, more than five. I was getting more than five. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I was gonna say like you could probably go to one of the libraries and they'd be happy to give away some of the books if you tell them what you're doing. Yeah. So. So yeah, we'll work with we'll do libraries, but then we'll also reach out to like family and friends. And recently, we've been working with uh, like different publishing companies. Okay. Well, uh, we'll reach out to like authors. Yeah. Um, to see if they'll donate books right um and the main reason we're working with like the authors is because something we see when we're at these book fairs is that like kids will ask for like oh i want like i want a book where i can like see myself in it you know a book that that you can relate to Mm -hmm. um so a lot of times um like we don't always have like a lot of like diverse uh like children's stories right so then we're working with um some authors to who write um like diverse stories Mm. um to see if they'll donate but then also come to the book fairs to get kids excited so then they can uh they'll like read books to the kids right um get them pumped about uh the book fair things like that right it's good it's a win-win too i mean definitely authors getting their books out there for a lot of authors it's hard to get your book out there at all so it's, that's a win-win right there yeah what, what authors have you worked with any that i would know uh, or any that i should check out no well def- like definitely check out right um but i'm blanking i'm blanking on her name she writes books um she writes books for uh she writes a lot of books in spanish okay um and so you know how you know how when you're practicing like when we would practice spanish it would be like third grade concept well we would read like third grade right. level short spanish stories short story yeah. spanish books um but like instead of reading uh like la princess negra which is just like a princess story mm-hmm. in spanish uh she'll write more like uh like high school level concepts in third grade spanish ooh which is really nice yeah because uh, like, I'll, I've tried to practice my Spanish by reading, like, different, like, short stories that are, like, at my level. Right. But at my level, 
in Spanish is not, not very that interesting. interesting. Short stories. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, we spend so in Spanish classes here. We spend three months reading uh, El. Oh shoot, what was it? El, El Hombre. Uh, whatever. Translate in English: The Drowned Man. It's okay. a four or five story short or page <laughs> yeah. short story. It's just like <laughs> really basic, but we spend like two months on that thing and I still don't understand it. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it would be, it would be nice. Uh, so, all right, if you figure out who the author is, you're going to have to shoot me a text afterwards. Definitely. Uh, so you reach out to these authors, are they from the area? She's from the area. Yeah. Um, I think she worked at, uh, she works at, Darien High School teaching okay. Spanish, yeah. uh, and then she's like expanded a little bit to try to get uh, like to try to be an author. Right. Um, I mean, so that's how a lot of authors, a lot of authors are teachers, and they they write books on the side. That's cool. To get them published. Yeah. Keep going. What were you saying? Yeah, <laughs> and then um, yeah. So now she's so now we're gonna work with her to try to um, bring in some more diverse books, things like that. And one thing that I was uh, that I'd like to be able to do is like email publishing companies mm. to see if like they could donate books to right. us. Because um, we did a drive at New Canaan Country School. It's just, it's close. Right down, uh, I drove right. fast on the way here. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, one of the um, one of the parents there, I, I wanna say he's like an author. Mm. So he went and sent like 35, like, uh, of each book in his series, oh, so nice. we would we got like uh, like over 150 like books from him, mm-hmm. like in pristine quality, like brand new, yeah. which was huge. Um, so, like if we can do more of that, getting high quality like brand new books from publishers, that'd be amazing. Right. What about bookstores? Have you gone to bookstores too? Like uh, I know Barnes and Nobles isn't really a thing anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> like we have a we have a Barnes and Nobles close to my house. Yeah. Um, and what I was thinking was, so what they do is, uh, like, when like, they're not, like, they decide, like, oh, I can't, like, sell this book. Right. Um, it's just sitting on a shelf. Yeah. Like. They'll se- they send it back to the publisher, uh, which basically just, like, destroys the book. Okay. Um, so I'd like to be able to, like. Jump in there before. Jump in there back. before the book's destroyed. Wait, what destroyed. do you mean destroys the book? Uh, I heard. Um, oh, the publisher um, destroys The publisher, right. Weird. Well, I'm. I'm pretty sure. I not. I'm not 100 percent sure. No, it I'm makes sense. Sure, like they just like rip the cover off. It makes sense because I mean, what are you gonna do with it? You right. know, they say if someone if someone sends it back to you because they can't sell it, pages. that's what they should be doing. Exactly. <laughs> that's the plan. Well, yeah, completely. It's kind of like the stuff that goes on clearance and then still doesn't get sold. That that right. Yeah. Right. It's like um, you know, this, you're gonna find this crazy actually. So you know, brands like Gucci and Louis Vuitton, mm-hmm. if they don't sell something. They burn it. That's crazy. They burn it. Like they don't give it away. They don't reduce the price. If something doesn't sell, they just burn it because they're trying to like maintain their brand. That's crazy. No, it is crazy. It is crazy. A lot of brands do that too. It doesn't make sense to do it with books because no, I'm sure, I'm sure no. yeah, no. <laughs> if you give it away, someone's gonna read it. But Definitely not. that's yeah. interesting. That's really interesting. Uh, so what's your next step? What's Turning Pages doing next? Yeah. So well, when my sister, uh, so my sister founded Turning Pages in 2012, mm. and then. Well, when she started, it was, like, we primarily focused on, uh, like, directly donating to c- different community centers in our area, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, Jericho Partnerships, uh, the Carver Center, uh, Family and Children's Aid, 
where are these places? Are they just uh, in the area? They're in like Porchester, okay. Danbury. Um, and then what we would do is we would collect the books and then we would directly donate them to um, like these community centers. Okay. Um, and we'd also donate them to like hospitals and stuff like that to help grow the library in like of that organization. Right. So then like the kids can have access to the books there. Uh, but then we'll be... Uh, we kind of like shifted a little bit to also n- to not only uh, do direct donations but also hold these free book fairs um, where we can help grow the personal libraries of like the kids we meet. Right. Um, because we wanted, we also um, like wanted to have a little bit more of a connection with the kids that we're um, like giving these books out to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, still as a nonprofit, you have to grow your brand some way. So that's definitely. that's definitely a part of it. I'm sure yeah. that's been really helpful. Uh, yeah, and what's exciting is that we've done a good job working with uh, different Horizons programs. So uh, we did a good job with the Sacred Heart, uh, like Horizons at Sacred Heart, mm. uh, which has put us into touch with other Horizons programs, uh, which are now reaching out to us to help, um, like, to host book fairs at their schools okay oh at schools okay. right where do you host them right now mostly they'll they'll be at s- like mostly they're at schools mostly because at schools. Um, it's like after school programs and stuff like that mm. that will have uh, they'll have like these different kids coming in I mean even tomorrow we're having a uh, a free book fair at the boys and girls club in Greenwich mm. so if you're listening uh, you can come volunteer <laughs> come to the boys and girls club in Greenwich yeah okay uh, but then what's also exciting is that um, it started out focusing like more densely in like, uh, like Connecticut and New York, but we've expanded. So um, we branched out into New Jersey, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, all the way down to North Carolina. Um, we, and we've even gone international and we've donated books in Canada, France, and Italy, which is really exciting. Wow. No, that is really exciting. Yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of how we're growing. Um, like people are reaching up out to us now, and we're expanding like our reach. You know. Right. No, one hundred percent. So when you're trying to get books down in North Carolina, do you have like another s- chapter of Turning Pages down there? Hey, mm-hmm. that was a good pun. Do you have another? Do you have another chapter of Turning Pages down in North Carolina, or do you actually just like one of you goes down North Carolina? Well, my my sister yeah. uh, went to UNC Chapel Hill. So okay, she yeah. was down in the area, um, and we were able to get into contact with the um, the Ronald McDonald House down in North yeah, Carolina. Yeah. So uh, when my sister was driving back down to UNC, um, we loaded her up with a car full of books and sent her down to donate some. Crazy. Yeah. So did she? She gave them to the Ronald McDonald House, and then they the Ronald they did McDonald a, House uh, in a book uh, drive. Right? What they I do? think they they added them to like their personal library. Mm. Um, it's like that would be a direct donation. Explain the Ronald McDonald House uh, if you if you know much about it, uh, because it's kind of like a complicated. <laughs> right, the Ronald McDonald House is complicated. From what I've read, um, and what I know, they help um, like families with like ill, um, mm. like the families of ill people. Right. To make like their stay at like different hospitals and things like that, uh, like more comfortable. Right, and so they also they also, as you can imagine, Ronald McDonald House. They have a house that these families can stay in. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a big part of it too. Uh, yeah. So I don't know how big the house is though. How big is it? I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. I honestly know it. My sister is also. She goes to Wake Forest. Nice. Uh, right, two hours away from UNC Chapel Hill. Yeah. So she did a lot of work with them too earlier this year. Um, we went to like we went to a, a fundraiser earlier this year for it, and nice. uh, it sounded great. And the dude that gave the speech that came from the Ronald McDonald House, I think he runs the house, is awesome. Um, so that was definitely great. But where else? You said New Jersey. Um, New Jersey. New York. Uh, New, yeah, New Jersey, New York, uh, Connecticut, mm. uh, Massachusetts, Rhode Island. Okay. Do you have a tally on how many books you've donated? Yeah, we are pushing. Um, well, here it, here honestly, it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> By tomorrow, after tomorrow's book fair, because we usually give out like over two thousand books, mm-hmm. we'll have donated over sixty thousand books, Ooh. Uh, which is exciting. And mostly kids' books. Definitely. Mostly kids' Definitely. books. It's uh primarily like eighth grade and below. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we, yeah. So that's super exciting. But then we've also so like we don't only do uh, we don't only do the like the book fairs and the direct donations. Mm. Like during COVID, what we've done is uh, we did like read alouds okay. where we would um, like take pictures of books. And there was like a special, um, there's a special license that like was given out during COVID because people like didn't have access to books. Right. So uh, people were able to make these read alouds um, and we would send them to Jericho Partnerships uh, to share with their kids. Mm-hmm. But what we would do is we would, um, take pictures of the books and then we would record ourselves like reading them nicely and then uh we would put like calm music behind it so it was like a it was like a video where you could like sit like listen as we read along and then like watch it go by similar to what jennifer garner did earlier during covid right oh uh, did you hear about this no uh she did something really similar pretty much like she picked her favorite book she read it with common music in the background to kids, and uh, cool. that was a, that was a great program during COVID because you know, as you said, most kids couldn't get a hold of books, right? Um, yeah. Mostly, mostly because they couldn't go to school. Like, right? Most kids get their only books from school. Like, even yeah. <laughs> even if they don't even, um, even if they have a library nearby, <laughs> most kids won't go. They'll just go to school to get their books. Right, so. and even so, in um, like underprivileged communities, a lot of time. So, like, 60% of families in underprivileged communities don't have any books in the home. Mm. And then, uh, on average, like, underprivileged families have zero to two uh, age-appropriate books in the, like, in the home. Okay. Um, and so, like, you are saying how, like, kids would usually get their books from school. And that's true. Um, but it's tough because when you have to make, like, decisions on um like do we spend money on food or do we spend money on books Mm. um a lot of times like people will choose food because that's necessary of course um and then like on the weekends if there's it's like a dual income family like making time to go to the library um to pick up books is a big um it's like a big commitment Mm. so that's why that's why it's so tough uh like for kids to have like to get these books um and that's what we're working on. Especially now that, I mean, for our school is a great example. We don't have a library no. in our school. Right. A lot of schools don't. I know a lot of public schools still have them uh, mm. just because they haven't adapted to getting rid of books because no one reads books for some reason anymore. They always read online. Like, mm. uh, Have you ever had a Kindle? Uh, no. I like, I like uh, 
the paper copy. I like the I do feel too. in my I do hands. Too. But there's the uh, a lot of people love Kindles simply because of how easy it is to get your next book. So like you're laying in bed, you finish your book. I don't want to get up. Boom, we got another one for you right here. Um, so because of that, a lot of schools are getting rid of their books. So it's even harder to get a hold of them. And libraries are getting their funding cut left and right. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. So many libraries are losing their funding. Um, not so much in this area, fortunately, because there's a huge push to <laughs> to keep them funded. Uh, but in a lot of low-income areas, there's yeah. just n- not enough funding, so they take away from the library because, frankly, because they've been losing popularity for the last right. 10 or so years. But um, And with the Kindles, there's just not much need for paperback, bu- paperback books anymore. But like you said, I like paperback books. <laughs> right. <laughs> I massively prefer it. You know? Right. There's something about uh, like, like filling up your bookshelf with Absolutely. Like, books that you love. Mm. And I still have like books from when I was a kid, when I was little on my bookshelf. Yeah. I think I've read uh, – I would read like every night with my like, mom or my dad. And oh, I me s- too. Yeah. I specifically remember uh, reading – if I Ran the Circus, like a million times with my dad. What's that one uh, about? It's by Dr. Seuss. Okay, it's like, it's a okay, silly my one. bad. I know what that one is. I know that one. Right. It's really like, good. Oh, the place you'll go. Right. Um, yeah. That was so good. And then we would read um, Earl the Squirrel, like Ricky Tikki Tavi. Mm. Do you know those? Well, esque books, stuff right. like that. Right. Yeah. But then my dad would also read. Uh, like Harry Potter or The Hobbit with us. That's what we did. Actually, and then, both. We did both those. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he also liked to read, like, the Norse myths to us. Oh, you guys did myths? Yeah. Okay. Which was fun. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was totally – that's just totally a part of, uh, like, who our family is, I feel. Right. Um, and, like, that's why, like, I love turning pages so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean – I find whenever there's like a lull in the conversation, my family will always just end up talking about like, ah, oh, what what book are you reading right now? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on in it? Mm-hmm. And then another big thing that we do is like sh- is like sharing books, even just within the family. Yeah. Uh, like my sister will finish a book and then recommend it to me, and then she'll send it to my mom. Uh, so then we can all like share that book and that uh, that story, right. which is really nice. My sister gave me um, her copy of Where the Crawdad Sings, and that's great. I love that. That was a good one. And the movie just yeah. came out as well. Really? But uh, when, my, when my sister would give me books when I was younger, I would always, I would always end up getting them with like a little bit crinkly of pages mm. because uh, my sister would like to read in the tub and would often like <laughs> just like drop the book in the tub. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no. But that's good. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at school also... Um, Having someone that knows their books and knows what you might like is awesome. Uh, I had Miss Manganello's here mm-hmm. and constantly asking her for the next book in whatever series she told me to read. That's nice. And it was great. No, it was honestly great. Um, she had some great recommendations. And I can assume you're doing the same thing. You're giving kids recommendations where to start, right? Definitely. Right. Definitely. Do they ever come back and ask for the next one? So if we come... Oh, because your drives are only one day, right? Right. Okay. It's one day. But we'll, we'll go to different... Uh, like we'll go like multiple times mm. um, over the years, so uh, I think like they'll probably uh, hopefully like move on a little bit in the series by the time we have our next drive. Right. right. Um, yeah, but sometimes what's fun is the like kids will come with like certain books in mind that they want to read. Okay. Um, and then 
it's it's always it's the best when like you can find them that book. Right. Uh, I remember like this one kid really wanted to read uh, like the next Harry Potter book in the series, but we I could we couldn't seem to find it. Like I didn't know where it was. I was looking through all the bags because when we come we don't we don't know exactly what, what you all have, right? the books are. Uh, There's thousands of books. Right. So, yeah. Because yeah. we're coming with thousands of books, and. So I was scouring through the bags, and he had already left. He went to, he went off to lunch, but I was finally able to find uh, the Harry Potter book he was looking for, mm. and it was the best one I was able to uh, like hunt him down and get him. Uh, did you hand deliver the book to him? I hand deliver the <laughs> book. It was good. That's great. Yeah, that's one of my favorite stories. So Turning Page has come a long way in 10 years? Definitely. Yeah? Yeah. What was your first drive like? I mean, I'm sh- you were how old? Five or something? Six when it uh, happened? Well, we... We started doing the drives a little more recently. Oh, okay. Um, right. I don't. This could have been. This could have been my first drive. It might have been um, at the Carver Center, um, where we would, where we set up outside. Um, this was during. Well, this was like at the. It could have been before COVID. Okay. Um, where we would like set up and then uh, like give out all the books, mm-hmm. which is fun. Uh, what was really nice was we had some families come along, um, like wanting to like help really build their library, uh, and I was working with this one little boy and his mom, and they didn't have like, any books in their house, mm-hmm. so we were really helping them like build their library. So we got them like big bags so they could fill up um, with like a, a ton of books, uh, and that was really exciting because. The little boy was really excited, but also his mom was really excited because like she would be able to read with him and have that uh, experience. Right, for sure. Yeah. Have you heard of the little libraries? Have you seen these around? Mm-hmm. We. Do you guys feel Jenny those? Jenny Pages made some. Oh, you did make some libraries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my brother made some of those, so I was asking. That's cool. They're great. Yeah, I love those. They're those really are nice. fun. Yeah. I don't you like when I see them. I like to stop, like open up. The door and just like see what they have. I, n- I don't take oh, that's the, the books, best. That's the best part. <laughs> but uh, I like to go look. Sometimes we'll um, we'll just go and put more in them. Like we don't take any. That's we'll nice. Just go and put them in them. Um, but yeah, there's one right outside of the Wilden Library, which is ironic. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, there's one there. There's one at the community center in Wilden. Uh, they're all over the place now. Yeah. They're all over the place. We were in um, Maine the other day, and they were covering. The area. There were probably 20. It was ridiculous. Uh, But they're awesome. Yeah. I was just up in uh, Toronto. So we were exploring after the Canadian Henley. And then, uh, so we're up in Toronto. What was it? What was it? Uh, It was a race that I got to compete in, the Canadian Henley. It was super fun. I had a great time. Uh, For crew? Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And then, uh, so we're up in Toronto, and we're going on a bike tour of uh, this, like, island that's off, like, like right next to yeah. Toronto um, so we're biking around we're on this tour and then I see they have like a take a book leave a book station but it's mo- it was more than a take a book leave a book station where people would like leave CDs or like old clothes and stuff like that for mm-hmm. this little community um, oh, nice. which is cool That's I just cool. thought that was really cool it's like a free like free market pretty much like you yeah. take something leave something right, right. Yeah, which is nice it's crazy I have a bunch of random CDs that I would just <laughs> put put all of them there. Perfect. You can have these. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Oh, okay. Um, tell me about the race. How was the race? How'd it go? Oh, yeah. The race, 
the race was so much fun. I was, uh, my favorite one was with, uh, I did a double with mm. my partner, Alistair. Okay. And it was the second time we had gotten in the boat together. But for some, uh, some reason, we totally just clicked. Right. And then um, we were able to go and place first in the heat, which was super exciting. Nice. Uh, yeah, because it was, a, it was a big regatta. So that was definitely exciting because uh, we've been working like hard all summer right. to uh, like get better. Was it one of those big invitationals? Um, yes, yeah. People were coming from like all across the U.S. I met kids from California, mm. um, like Pennsylvania, um, Mississippi. Ironically, it was in Canada. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, there were also uh, a lot of kids from, from Canada. Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How'd you do in the end? How'd you end up doing? We had, so we made it to the, the second round um, of the three rounds. So we mm. went to the semifinals, and then we had the eighth fastest time in the semifinals, but we needed uh, to be top six to go to the finals. Okay. Um, right. But it was, it was good. It was very exciting. Well, uh, sure. Have you done more of those other regattas this summer? Yeah. I went, to, I went to one other regatta. We were supposed to go to four, um, but then like two were canceled. Okay. Well, we just weren't able to go. Um, so that was that was too bad. But I was able to put a lot of work in this summer, which is okay. exciting okay. for the rowing. Yeah, you. I mean, you were putting in the work this year too. I Definitely. mean, you you were you were a three sport athlete freshman year, right? Yeah, freshman year I did uh, football in the fall, winter crew, and then lacrosse in the spring. That was, was super fun. Was that your first time doing crew in the winter? Yeah, yeah, that's where I started. And then you just blew it up. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, yeah. Did you you didn't end up doing the cross this year, did you? No, I focused more on the crew. Okay. Um. Yeah, yeah. I l- I mean I like the I love crew because you get so like a sense of accomplishment. Mm. Um, like when you do well. Do you uh, like the individual accomplishment? I know a lot of people like that more. I mean I like that. Um, like on the erg. Like doing well and uh, progressively getting better, but also, um, I like, I mean, rowing rowing with your boys is the best. Oh. Like getting getting into oh. a boat and totally killing it with uh, your friends is totally fun. Right, for yeah, sure. That's super, especially when for the boat sure. clicks and glides. That's the best. Oof. I love that. <laughs> I've never once been in a boat. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I just like uh, I like the feel of boats. You like the, okay. I love okay. the rock. My mom hates that. Like I, I've I just been like on a boat, Davis. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's good. So, uh, what's your your go to? You single? You double? You? I row. I row a lot of singles. Okay. Um, but I love rowing with like I love rowing doubles, mm. uh, with Alistair and stuff like that. So okay. it's good. Did you do um? I don't know how well, you got to explain this this ranking system to me. Is there a national ranking system or something for crew? Uh, no. So I mean, uh, you can go you can go to nationals, mm-hmm. um, and you could do indoor nationals and things like that. Uh, but there there's de- there's no like set like ranking system. Okay. Yeah. So how does that work for recruiting? Uh, recruiting a lot of times it'll be uh, you'll send in like your two K score. Your race results, SAT, GPA. That's like cross country, pretty much. Yeah. So like the goal is to hit certain times to prove that uh, like you are physically fit, and uh, you and also want to capable. Ju- right, that yeah, you're capable, yeah. and then uh, you want to do well in races to demonstrate uh, like right. how well you can do actually rowing. Right. For sure. How have you? How did you do during the spring season for crew? 
the spring season, I did I did well. It was so this is my first year uh, like rowing on the water. Mm. So I was a novice, so I was kind of uh, figuring it out a bit. Mm. Um, but I had a lot of fun at uh, at the regattas racing with. I raced with uh, my friend Lucas. Okay. Um, so right. Lucas Grand Brown LGB. No. Oh, uh, a different, yeah, a different guy up right. in uh, GMS. Up in okay. GMS. okay. Yeah. I realized as I said that Lucas graduated last year, so you probably <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't even know if he did crew senior year, but yeah, we've got uh, Matthew Graham Brown now. Now we got Matthew Graham. You got the better Graham Brown. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so winter season though, that's indoors. That's yeah, that's on indoors. the erg. On the erg. Yeah. I heard you did crazy well uh, on uh, in some big competition during the winter season. Oh, this, uh, I mean, freshman year, uh, I'd had, I raced in the, like, in Crashby's, which is, like, the indoor national championships, mm. and I placed 11th, which was really exciting, because yeah. it was, uh, like, the second 2K I've done, so okay. that was, that was pretty cool, um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's super fun, been I love it. Been improving since then, too, right? Yeah, definitely, yep. Yep. definitely. You did lacrosse for years, though, right? Yeah. Okay. What was what made you switch? What was the idea there? Um, it it's was always interesting, like picking between two sports. It's always like a big thing for a lot of people. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, I liked I liked the sense of accomplishment I got from the rowing. I feel like I need to work out, mm. um, like, for myself, uh, and the rowing just had a good balance. Right. So, uh, that's. Well, I ch- that's what I chose. Okay. That's, what okay. that's what I'm doing. It's good. It's good. Yeah. All right. What about what about school? What are you guys doing? Like, what class are you taking? What clubs are you doing? Tell me about your life, bro. Right. I li- I literally haven't heard from you all summer. So. Yeah. So I what's mean, up? this uh, you know, Kenny and I, we yep. were working on um. We we're working this summer to prep for the debate team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, because we're gonna be captains next year, which okay. is super exciting. Uh, we want to, what we want to kind of do is we want to get like the 25 minute time slot, um, and be able to like have more consistent sessions, um, in that 25 minute time slot. Mm. So then hopefully we can get a little more interest because it's a big commitment for kids to like come after school, uh, and, uh, like commit, uh, like skipping a sport or something like that, Mm -hmm. um, for debate. But I disagree, man. Yeah? I disagree. I've always thought it really is not that big a commitment because we only met once a month. Like, we right. meet once a month. Your sport meets 20 times a month more because you have meets on the weekends and races and um, games or whatever it may be. I always thought missing a single practice a month for debate, not that big a deal. I mean, you got to keep in mind, most schools do an after-school practice every week, and if you miss one, you're off the team. So, I mean, we I always thought it was like, eh. Right, I mean... Plus, we were really good. We were good. For what we did. Yeah. And just in general. It was like... It just... It depends on, uh, like, your priorities, what Mm -hmm. you're putting first. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I would always come to the after-school practices, uh, but that's because, like, I valued the debate team a lot. Right. um, And getting better at that skill set. Right. So, I don't know. I just think... I I just think the 25-minute... Because we're not going to... We'll also do like the hour sessions, mm. um, 
but we want to give the 25 minute option. No, that's a great uh, idea. That's a great. Yeah. Idea. That's something we never did simply because you know the kids. Frankly, the kids in debate are super. They do a bunch of different things. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like so, if we had decided to schedule a weekly club or an eight day rotation club on one of those specific days, we would have been a lot of people would have missed something else. Yeah. So we were like, let's just do a debate meeting once a month but i've always wanted to do that i've always wanted to do once in an eight day rotation because you know you're right consistency is key right especially uh, yeah. for debate and you can accomplish a lot in 25 minutes if you're not fucking around definitely, <laughs> definitely. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah. so what's your what's your plan what are you guys gonna do we're gonna so what we want to do is kind of just uh like i found that what we did what we did is kind of like you learn by doing oh yeah uh, and that's what we did. That's what you led, uh, and like that's how I learned mm. was like watching you and watching John uh, debate, and then trying to emulate like the way you're forming your arguments, uh, the different strategies you're using. Right. Uh, so what we want to do is we want to like ease people in with like fun topics, uh, like cats versus dogs, things like that. Right. Uh, and then like get into some more. Uh, get into different topics that you'd see in an actual debate mm. because we're also moving uh, to parliamentary debate. Yeah, what is that? So it's a different setup, and it values, uh, like, you don't need, you don't have the hour of prep time, which is going to be really good for us as a team because uh, we have a smaller team, right. so we don't have 25 kids, like, Yelling all, ideas at each other. Right, yelling ideas, all thinking for a whole hour and prepping for a whole hour. Um, it's also incredibly helpful for practices. Definitely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we're going to spend time, like, coming up with the arguments because I think that's, like, a huge skill set. Uh, right. Like, being able to play the different um, different sides, so playing, like, the work? economic side, uh, the moral side. How's it going to work, then? So if In you don't have an, an hour of prep, yeah, so how does that work? I think it's a smaller, you have, uh, like, less prep time. I'm not 100% sure how long it is. You have less prep time. And then um, you have, like, s- like a small amount or there's no, um, like, Oh, like uh, pauses, ex- extra like time. Extra time. I know what you mean. Right. Yeah. 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 You don't um, get any prep time. Yeah. No, yeah. Prep time. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So then it makes you, like, think on your feet more. Kenny and I oh, did. Oh, I would have um, been a bomb at that. Right? Oh, I would have been so good at that. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Kenny and I... Uh, we we did a debate like that and we did well because we don't because it was uh it was just us at the at this uh um at this meet so we didn't have like a whole uh like 25 uh team right. to help us come up with different arguments um but since there was less prep time we weren't put at we weren't put at a disadvantage right. because we could think on our feet and uh right. make different arguments that was always kind of how well John not so much. John's always been a really good preparer. John's very so good. He's, at he's been he's always ready. Yeah. He's also good on his feet, but he's never really had the like end all like I'm gonna end these people and like that right. was always what I was good at That's during fun. during the cross examination. I just make them look foolish. And that was my thing. That's so fun. Like, I was garbage at the and you were no you were, what's your thing? Are you better at the cross examination? What are you good at? I I mean I like the cross examination, yeah. but uh, I'm I find um, I don't know I'm good at like laying out the argument. Uh, so you're really good at the the opening statements, right? I'm probably All more right. I'm probably more of 
a John, then I'm a Dean. I was god-awful at the opening statements. Always yeah. I'd make John go first so that I could pretty much just, like, look back at what they're saying and try to argue against them in my opening statements, which you're not right. supposed to do. Um, but I was always, like, the cross-ex and the rebuttal. The rebuttals over. are super fun. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what about Kenny? What's Kenny good at? You guys are still partners, Kenny, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Kenny's very good. Kenny's really good at the cross. Kenny kind of leads the cross sides. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Okay. And Kenny, Kenny goes second, so he can, uh, he can like, take apart their argument a little bit more. Okay. Um, Kenny's me. <laughs> right. I'm the John. Kenny's right, the Dean. All right, all right. It's good. Yeah. Year after year, that's always how it is. You know, yin yang, man. Definitely. Mm. You need that. You need that. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm excited to go to like debates in person this year. Oh yeah. Do you think no, it'll it be brings in person? In, oh yeah, one hundred percent. It brings That's a new feel to it. Oh my gosh. Have you ever done That's the debate? You've never so done debate fun. in person, have you? No, it's always online. Wow. Yeah. Wow. No, debates in person, it brings a whole new feel to it. Because first off, this is the best part. The other people are always nervous. Exactly. They're like, oh, I oh got to face these guys. Like, if I'm being frank with you, like, the people we compete with in debate, gen generally not that confident in themselves mm. for whatever reason. Um, so going face-to-face -face against them is always kind of like a like – I don't even know how to describe it. It's going to bring another it, element it to the game. It brings a huge new element <laughs> to it. It was always more fun. I'm going to tell you this right now. I did a single debate online. And it was fine, but it just, I don't know. It didn't bring any kind of personal feeling to it. So I thought the judge was just kind of, like, going strictly off of, you know, it, I don't even know how to describe this shit. Y you'll see. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to leave you with that. You'll see. Yeah. No, I it mean, brings a new element to it. It's yeah. nice. It's I'm really excited nice. to uh, pull up to a debate with Kenny in, like, totally decked out in, like, suits, Ooh. ready to go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean the fun part—the fun part about uh, the debates online was how like you could mute yourself, yeah. and then you're on a FaceTime with your partner here, right. so you can just like talk to one another like openly while they're doing their, their thing. Uh, yeah, that's so that's actually gonna be weird for you guys then, because obviously you can't do that. Now I don't know what this parliamentary debate thing's like, so it might be totally irrelevant anyway. Mm -hmm. But you cannot be talking to your partner while they're going. You yeah, gotta, you so got to be. Like, you totally can pass. Different. You can pass notes if you want. You got to do it like subtly. You don't want the judge watching you. Like, mm. what the fuck? Like these guys are not paying attention. Like right. that just looks bad for you. Um, but it's you can't be talking to each other. You can pass notes and say some stuff. But the prep time is so key in the in-person debates. You're yeah. right. It was not as important in the um, online debates because I was mm. like calling John. I was like, "What are we doing now?" Right. And shit like that. Uh, but in the in-person debates, it's a different beast. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. It's it's like having an actual fight. Right. <laughs> like, like in person. With your words. Literally. With, <laughs> well, yeah, 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 for sure. Unless it goes bad, then afterwards, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's really nice. It's really nice. And it's like, um, I hope this, for your sake, I hope this parliamentary debate is more like those presidential debates. Yeah. You know those? I don't know. So what do you mean? The presidential debates, it's kind of like you have a very a loose set of rules type thing. Mm -hmm. Like you're supposed to let these let the other person say what they want within their set amount of time and then you rebut and then vice versa and whatever it may be. 
However, it usually ends up as kind of a, I didn't say that. What do you say? Like the, like the other person starts saying something, you're like, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm going to like stop you right there type thing. Okay. Um, and I like those types of debates just because it's like a conversation, you know? Uh, but we never got the chance to do that, mm. which I was like, no, I want that. Right, <laughs> That's that like, fun. those are first off, what those are is actual conversations that you could be having. So they could be helpful at some point. Yeah. Um, the debates that we have with the nice structure, that's totally unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> You're never going to get this. I mean, at uh, at BC, you could join the debate team if you wanted to. I'm my sure, friend, yeah. uh, well, my, I mean my friend, my friend Kunal, mm -hmm. uh, he was down at uh, UVA, okay. and he joined the debate team after debating at uh, Bridgefield High School. Is it the same deal? It's like set structure, so. though? I think yeah. so. I don't know. I was going to think about it. Yeah, you know. I mean, see um, what you want. It'd be, it'd be fun, probably. I'm yeah. doing this in college. I've already figured that out. That's fun. I have. I reached out to some guy. He was like, "We got a studio." I was like, "All right." That's gonna be. Right. That's exciting. Let's see, Let's see how it goes. And Davis has done the same thing at CU Boulder, right, buddy? Right. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, uh, well, nothing. No studio can beat this setup. Oh, absolutely right? not. No, what? I was telling Davis last time. You didn't even know this. I was telling him, uh, CU Boulder is a really nice podcast setup. Oh yeah. So, yeah, great. Apparently they've got like five rooms. Oh wow. And a bunch of like support for it and all that stuff. BC, from what I understand so far, does not have that kind of support. I've been like trying to reach out to a bunch of different people, but I hope it's gonna be good. So yeah, I'm know. sure it'll be good. And since you're gonna be doing a podcast in this room oh, next year, you need to be getting. <laughs> need to get on it. If you were to start a podcast, what would it be about? What do you like to talk <laughs> about so much that you just? What's up? Fifty. Oh, fifty. We have like six minutes left okay what would you start a podcast about i don't know i don't know i think it's tough i like i kind of like what you're doing yeah. where you're talking to people and having them talk about what they're passionate about mm. i think that's pretty cool um i just slide in references to poker and debate when i can <laughs> stuff that i like exactly yeah 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 i don't know i think um like it would be fun it'd be fun to like talk about uh like different like TV shows, I always like I always like uh, talking about like, like, like who would win in a fight with like fictional characters. Oh, yo, hold up, that oh it fell. That <laughs> you see our studio is great. Right. Um, that was my original idea for a podcast. No in fact, way. I filmed an episode uh, of it. It wasn't like in the studio or anything. It was like at home with some of my friends. Mm -hmm. It was who would win in a fight, Clifford the Big Red Dog or Godzilla. Godzilla. No, bro. No? Absolutely not. I was fighting Clifford the whole time. That is a crazy bro, Clif argument. Clifford is the most dense individual on the planet. I'm telling you this. Dude weighs like 100,000 tons. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Literally. Bro, Godzilla could like chase after this guy, but at the end of the day... Doesn't Godzilla have like a laser beam or something like that? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I started to make the argument. Oh, and this, is like, this is a fire argument. I'll tell you this. So Emily Elizabeth, I think, is the, the girl's name. Mm -hmm. Clifford the Big Red Dog's, like, owner or whatever. Sure. And um, it was something like, the reason Clifford grew to be so big is because she had so much love in her heart for him. And I was like, what if Emily Elizabeth makes the sacrifice play? <laughs> then he'll shrink. No, he'll grow. I think, I, think if, I think that if she makes the sacrifice play... She kills herself. <laughs> no, no, no. What? If Godzilla kills this chick, okay. right? This is like a topic I would like to 
Bro, it was like we had a forty-five minute conversation about this. I'm not even kidding. Um, I think that would be that's a fun. No, it was funny. It was funny. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't like it was terrible. Like we (laughs) we never posted it, but um, it was funny at the time. But if she dies, then that means that her love for him is insurmountable. Therefore, he'll grow to infinite sizes. Exactly. So love is an idea, Davis. It's not about the person, it's about the idea. Right. So I think I think maybe like, like right before she dies, he'll be like massive. Right. And then he'll just disappear probably. Because he's so big. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Yeah. So you know in you know in Harry Potter you well, I've we were talking Harry about Potter. Harry Potter. Harry yeah. Potter. In Harry Potter, he can't be hurt by Voldemort because of his mother's love for him. His mother's dead. Right? Yeah. So it's the idea is what I'm going with here. So, since she made the sacrifice play, he'll just keep growing and growing. So, if at some point, he'll be bigger than Godzilla. You know, just stomp him out. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying, man. That's what I got for you. <laughs> nice. On that note, you got some letters you want to read. We got, like, oh, three oh, minutes left. Yeah, How much time do we have it. left? Three minutes. Let's do right, it. Quick. Do it. We got it. All right. So, these are from some of the kids that Turning Pages has given books to and has, um, has gone to do book drives for. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shout that out right now. Okay. Uh, and we'll put it in the link and everything. So. Of course. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So if you want to help out turning pages, you can go on. Get to a little our cl- closer to the mic. Closer to the mic. There you go. If you want to help out turning pages, you can go onto our website. That's turningpages.online, and then you can uh, help donate uh, there. But then you can also email us, uh, and get in touch so that we ca- so that you can volunteer at uh, free book fairs. Also, please email or text me um, so that, like, if you have books you'd like to donate. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. No, 100%. Yeah, I mean, a lot of our volunteers, uh, well, not, not a lot, but uh, some of our faithful volunteers, mm-hmm. uh, they all come from my book club. Okay. So. Uh, oh, you have a book club? Yeah, I mean, I've, had, I've been in this book club since that third grade. That's it. Yeah. I've been... Uh, in this book club since third grade, mm. uh, and it's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I totally love it. Damn. Oh yeah. All right. So let's hear this. Okay. Let's hear so it. let's let's see here. This is from Sharika. Yeah. Dear so these are just some letters from some kids that have. Um, worked, yeah. Worked this is. Uh, yeah. This is after the free book fair. Um, kids writing us. So here's what she says. Dear turning pages. Hi, my name is Sharika, and I'm in sixth grade, at Porchester Middle School. I really enjoyed going to the book fair, and I'm glad that you gave us this opportunity to go. I really enjoyed the book I got. I got Sideways Stories from the Wayside School, Tuck Everlasting, Stink, Dear Miss Henshaw. I normally don't like reading, but this experience made me really enjoy reading in my free time. Once again, thank you for this opportunity. Sincerely, Sharika. Those are some good books. I've read both, two of those, actually. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is what I love. This is what I love, how... Um, they say that normally they don't r- like reading, but because of uh, like because we came to share books and share our love of reading, mm. now they're gonna start enjoying reading and they're gonna start uh, That's gotta reading be the best more. Part. That's right. The best I mean, part. I love that. Right. Uh, here is Nicole. Dear Turning Pages, hello. My name is Nicole, and I wanted to say thank <coughs> you for the books. I love them all. I'm very thankful you came because we don't have a lot of money at home so we have to read the same books. The books I got were Wonder and Because of Winn-Dixie. I did get more books, but I forgot their names. These are pictures of the books. 
my sister Valeria, and I. I hope you come again so we can have more books at home. I mean, I, that's this is uh, this is what we love about Turning Pages, about uh, like helping kids out uh, who don't have books but who like reading and are excited to read more. And then uh, here Andrew says, uh, also I barely have any books at home, so I can read the books you gave um, and improve my reading level. And that's what we're trying to do. Uh, we want kids to um, like fall in love with reading, but also um, because they're reading more and because uh, they are loving to read, we find that um, when there are more books in their home, um, like their reading level improves, their uh, social and emotional uh, awareness improves because they can, they're more compassionate because they can uh, like see different perspectives when they read mm -hmm. books. Um, and there are a lot of pluses. There, yeah, there, there are, are a lot, lot of pluses. pluses. Um, and I've read that the number one predictor in future academic and life success is uh, books in the home. Wow. So uh, this is what we do. Great. That's great. And thank you for coming to us with this. Yes, thanks. We, I've been wanting to get you on here for a long time, Definitely. specifically for this. Thanks for helping spread the message. Of course, man. Uh, Brian Carl, uh, we'll put the link in the description for Turning Pages website. Awesome. And thank you so much for coming. Thank you. All right, ready? Here we go. Bam. This? All right, let's go.